Welcome to Local Football Legends. Hello, Toddy, and welcome. Hello, mate. How are you going? Oh, pretty What's well. going on? It's very uh, it's different to hear you on on the mic. Yeah, very true, very true. Uh, anyone doing a cameo appearance or what? A bit dirty. I was jealous of the last couple of years. No, I, w- I was, and um, normally I like cameras in front of me, but um, I have the face for the radio. You do like me. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But, uh, mate, I'm looking forward to hearing football stories through you and uh, Grant Reynolds. Well, as you know, I don't do any research. I'm just the the wingman. And talking about Grant Reynolds, or the governor, as he's known around here, where is he? That's a good question. He got a magic phone call just before the show and uh, said, I'll be right back. I'll be back here at uh, 7. All above board? No, nothing nefarious going on? Oh, I don't. I reckon would that, be. Don't low. ask questions. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the, you know the rules. <laughs> Well, it's it's good to be back on radio. It's it's a different format we're doing this this year. Yeah, that's right. Instead of uh, the live streaming, we're going uh, onto radio to see how we go. But uh, what are we talking about today on the show? What uh, what what have we got? Well, funny you should ask me that because I've actually got some information that Grant's giving me in front of me, which I'll still manage the balls up somehow online. So basically, with this new show is about local footy legends. So every week we're going to sort of organise with the club to speak to maybe the president, see how they're going, see, see the team's tracking, anything. Oh, here he is, just turned up. No worries, we'll just cover you for a minute. Um, and then interview a local legend and, and and interview them on their on their history or what have they done and what are they up to now. So, oh, so basically, we I think this week we've got um, uh, Chelsea Heights, obviously, because we're from Chelsea Heights, so we're going to interview Josh Ball and then we're going to get the one and only Peter Oakes on board and ask about his 9,000 game career across a few clubs. <laughs> right. And and I think he started like in the scenes at 12. So he'll ask me a few questions. Yeah, he's, a, he's a bit of a hard nut and a legend around the place. And most most people my age that know him. And we'll get to know a bit more about him. And then the following weeks, we're going to say maybe get um, the great Aaron Martello on. Oh, brilliant. Talk about, yes. Yeah, we'll have to cut him off after an hour. <laughs> okay. That's true. Um, and then we're looking at, you know, like we'll, we'll go to, I was talking to Possum the other day and ah. uh, maybe Strop Neil and, and get some different legends from different clubs. So, you know, you imagine you one club and you go, oh, that's that guy. We'll probably get a different guy to interview and um, see how their career pans out or panned out. Oh, that's fantastic. And on that note, we'll, let, we'll just let the, the boss man who's just turned up on time uh, to on do what he's time. supposed to be doing. Not about on time. Uh, when your missus forgets the keys and you have to drive back and meet her halfway down the road, so it's always good fun. Mate, break in like we did as kids. <laughs> the louvers, remember you used to slide the louvers out? The old louvers. Yeah, yeah the louvers. Yeah, it's fun. I don't know if I, I've obviously arrived a little bit late, but um, I don't know if you guys told us where we've come from. So we've actually come from the magnet, so the old the old brown brick building down at uh, Chelsea Heights. Um we used to call it the magnet because we used to drive past it and, and all of a sudden the car would do a Yui automatically without, without you knowing and you'd end up t- in the magnet. T- usually turn right on the way home from work. Turn right on the right <laughs> way home from work. So, and but, it's... Yeah. It's one place, I suppose, that I'm glad that they didn't have DNA testing back then because you'd probably there's, there's probably a few kids around there with probably different fathers if they had DNA testing around there. <laughs> Let's just say it, was, it wasn't a bad thing when they knocked it down and rebuilt somewhere else. <laughs> A lot of good memories and a lot of uh, memories that uh, shall remain memories. Yeah, so we sort of, you know, it was a bit of sort of a sort of a comfort place, so a home away from home, a uh, uh, place where we could sort of catch up with friends and um, sort of let our hair down a little bit. And um, so when the pandemic hit, we thought we'd uh, try and get a lot, uh, you know, some people back to the fold, the old past players from the Chelsea Odds Football Club. And so we started the uh, we started the show um, called the Magnet and. Uh, 
this is sort of what it's spawned from here now today. So we thought we'd sort of branch out a little bit and get into the uh, local football legends. And the, the member of the Magnet was a live stream, basically TV show, the, which, which you named the podcast. The podcast, because, I know. Because I had no idea what a podcast is, <laughs> and it's not with cameras. But, uh, yeah, how anyway, are we, we, how are we going? That. Yeah, no, we're professionals. We are professionals, so we've sort of gone from there. Um, hopefully tonight, uh, after our interview with uh, the great man Peter Oakes, we uh, might try and open the line. So... Uh, the 0493 213 831 um, and also look if you've got any ideas or any any past legends that you want to uh, you know pass on to us just um, send it through to info at radiocarum.org um, obviously just put in there that uh, past uh, past players legend or past football legend um, and yeah nominate someone then uh, we'll try and catch up with them maybe you know pop in their contact details or your own contact details and we'll get in touch with you and see if we can get some more information but we'd love to sort of you know spread the love a little bit and, and sort of include a lot you know a lot more of the sort of local clubs um, I guess we're just about ready for segment one Koch Segment one, uh, what is that, <laughs> It's a, It's around the ground, so um, we want to catch up with... Um Guest today, GR. Is it Jamie Elliott? Uh, it's not Jamie Elliott, uh, but uh, Pie supporters would have been licking their lips for that game. What a cracker that mate, was. Mate, seriously, I've had nine heart attacks. All I said <laughs> is the Pies will make finals. Mine might pop out the elimination. I don't think I'll make the elimination. Uh, we do have Josh Bull from the Chelsea Heights Football Club uh, tonight, being the Chelsea Heights show. Uh, so hopefully we can get him online and have, have a chat to him about the upcoming final series. I'm just uh, giving him a call now. So could be picking up the phone. I should have called him. Could be feeding the baby. Could be feeding could the baby, be, yeah. yeah. Well, how old's the uh, baby been now? G'day. Joshy. Josh Bull. How are we, boys? Good, mate. Good. It's the boys from the Magnet. Codge, uh, Grant and myself. How are you? Good, good, boys. How you doing? Yeah, we're good. We're just sort of, this is our first show. So you're the first special guest on, so you want to feel a little bit important. Oh, there you go, eh? Hopefully it's not the last one. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. It could be. It could be. So it could be worse, it could be worse something in the future. So just a few <laughs> questions. Um, I've got the first one. My name's in highlighted writing here, so I don't balls it up. Um, so uh, there's a couple of things we first want to ask you about. The, the, the new bub, your business and coaching, how are you managing to handle all that at once? Um, just just putting on a brave face, really. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, which is more stressful? Um, probably coaching. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's um, it's been a bit of a, it's a bit of a juggle, but it's um, oh, it's it's I've been enjoying it to be honest. Um, there's never there's never a quiet minute, but I'm pretty lucky. Uh, my wife Em takes uh, a fair a fair bit of the work um, with with Bub and um, supports me with my coaching and with business as well, so it makes it a little bit easier, which is good. That's good. That's always good to have a partner um, backing you up because it makes life difficult if you don't. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. 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 Hopefully, Khan's pulling his weight at work at your uh, business as well, is he? Uh, yeah, he is. He's, um, he's a ripper, Khan. I'll be, um, I'll be boss without Khan. He's the um, denailing master, as we call him. He, um, 
He's after some more money. He keeps hitting me up every time. <laughs> he does. He, o- he always asks for a pay rise, and I, I tell him every time he asks me, his pay gets dropped down. So <laughs> That's what he said on Saturday. He spends it all at the canoe, as far as I know. On he does. Yeah, he definitely does. I think I get, by the time I get there, I think he's already had pie, hot dog, and a can of Coke, and that's only in the first half there. So. <laughs> that's your, on your account, too. <laughs> yeah, that's it, probably. Yeah. So, Josh, t- tell us a little bit about the season, you know, what's been, um, um, of course, the top spot finish, which is really good, and how the momentum is heading into the finals now. Um, yeah, the uh, the season's obviously, from a point of view, has been really good. Um, I think, um, you know, obviously, to we were, we were disappointed with the result on the weekend, but, um, you know, we, we, we went out with all intentions to to win the game and um, we tried right till the end. Um, just couldn't quite get the result, but um, <clears throat> we had a bit of a video review last night and the boys came well. We had a recovery session on Sunday, so we've, um, we've ticked all the boxes since then and um, we'll learn from the weekend's game and we'll we'll move forward. But I think I said to my boys after the game um, not to get too disheartened by the loss because, you know, we've finished obviously on top of the ladder, but to only lose two games for the season and one by under a kick and one by a couple of kicks, um, I think obviously a fantastic effort. So they should be proud of their um, effort so far. And we... Um, we think that our best, our best team, high intensity, pressure type um, footy can definitely, you know, push deep into September. So um, the boys are up and about. They trained well last night. Um, looking forward to the the few weeks that we've got ahead with finals. Yeah, it's look the, the vibe's been good all year, which is good. You know what I mean? You know, and nothing sort of dampened that mood all year, which so is good. To, you know, in previous years, we've lost a game or lost it, well, you know, a bit here and there. It gets a bit down, but every Thursday night the boys are up and about, and every Saturday they're out in the music playing, so it's good, very good. Yeah, yeah, they are. It's um, it's been something that we spoke about since you know pre-season, early days, and um, just about making the footy club an environment where you um, you, you know, you want to go to and you want to spend time there, and you're happy to go there, not because you have to, you you know. You want to go there and have a smile on your face and, um, and enjoy yourself because that's why, you know, we play footy or why we're involved at footy clubs. It's to, um, it's the enjoyment that you get from it and the people that you meet and the relationships you build and the boys are, um, yeah, they've been fantastic all year and, and even saying, you know, it's been, you kind of forget about it pretty quickly, but the two years leading into this year have been, you know, no footy at all um, and then a really limited season last year, but we're still done numerous hours and countless sessions of training um so the boys are a pretty resilient group to to stick at it because um you know i know if i was probably still playing footy i probably would have after the two years of not playing i probably would have thrown the thrown in the towel so people hung around and they've um you know they've created that atmosphere where they enjoy themselves and they're playing some good footy and um are the results of obviously taking care of himself yeah that's great now um Tell us a little bit more about the playing group. And this year, with you've introduced what we call some polish to this year with uh, a bloke called Tapscott as the big recruit. Ah, uh, yes, the uh, my old my old mate, the neighbour next door, Luke. Um, yeah, we've <clears throat> obviously. I think um, we've been a pretty. You know, we contri- all our guys have contributed throughout the year, um, and we when we win and when we we play our best footy is when we have twenty two contributors, and we've had injuries roll out all through the year, but we've been able to fill their roles, and guys have stepped up and been um, able to to slot straight into the roles that we need on the day. 
Um, it also, you know, makes it easier when you're winning more games and not because um, guys are happy to come in and they're happy to play whichever role you give them because they want to be part of that success. So that's been um, handy for us. Um, <clears throat> as far as Luke, yeah, he's been, he's obviously come from um, being able to play the highest level of footy at Melbourne um, and then, you know, being involved playing and coaching at a pretty successful footy club down at Sereno. To um, come down to the little Aussie battlers, I guess you'd kind of call us. <laughs> that's um, us. That's us, and that's something that you know that we can be proud of as a footy club. It's only a small, a small club tucked away in there, in the middle of you know some pretty powerful clubs around it. But um, yeah, he's he's came in, come into the the side and the footy club, and um, I, you know, you guys have probably had encounters with him, but he's he's bringing on field and he's bringing off field, and um, he's got you know he's got. Plenty of time of the day for uh, anyone that wants to have a chat to him, or any of the guys that want to improve on something. But um, yeah, he's been an absolute ripper, um, and his form throughout the year has been fantastic. And I think he's probably his last kind of month of footy has probably been the best. So um, for me as a coach, and probably us as a footy club, you know, leading into into the finals campaign, it's um, it's it's a nice feeling knowing that he's running around with our uh, red and blue on. Uh, question is. How do you get Tapscott to play at Chelsea Heights? Like, where, what, that's got to be the greatest selling point anyone's ever said. Oh, I, I, I'm feeling at you. There's a place called Chelsea Heights. Where? Don't know. So let's get, yeah, they've got the same colours. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, do you want to come down uh, and play? No one really knows us about us. But. It's a, it's a n- numerous, numerous amounts of mowing his um, lawns and <laughs> um, the car. dropping off bottles of red and stuff like that. No, um, obviously, Luke's been living next door for quite a few years now, four or five years, um, and I knew him just through footy and, you know, being at Bomb Beach and he was at Sereno, so obviously, um, you know, similar in age, we've got, um, you know, a couple of, he's got a young girl as well and our partners get along well, so we spent a bit of time together and um, as soon as, you know, the news come that he was out of Sereno, my phone blew up into about a million pieces. With um, everybody letting me know that uh, he's no longer at Sereno and he's got to come to the Heights, um, and a bit of uh, pressure from you know a few people at the footy club. Ask him, ask him, ask him. But I kind of didn't really push the point to start um, to start with. I just let things um, unfold, and he obviously was chased by quite a lot of footy clubs, um, which is you know obviously going to be expected with the caliber of a player he is and coach he was. So. Um, Yes, I suppose the old scenario of just being in the right spot at the right time um, and with him, with his young family and um, he's got his own business as well, I think just that little bit more of a relaxed kind of feel to his footy and, and not a lot of pressure on him. Um, he's five minutes from the footy ground, so he's still able to spend a fair bit of time with the, with the family and um, yeah, he, from, you know, he's, he seems to be really enjoying his footy and the um, he's fitting really well with with the boys and the boys um, get on with him really well and <clears throat> yeah he's uh, he's ticked all the boxes so now we um, with you know no obviously no pressure on him he's got to um, tick a few more over the next month for us hopefully. Is he a red man? Red red wine? Sorry. Is he a red wine drinker? Um, he he is a red wine drinker, but um, he's actually he's just a, give me his brand, a, and I'll get I'll get him I'll drop him <laughs> off a box next well, week. Well, you'll you'll have to you'll have to wait. You can I'll find out for you. But you'll have to wait. He's actually um going. He's nearly through twelve months with no alcohol, so that's a fair effort. I'm two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Got to start small somewhere, Toddy. You do. 
It's t- it feels like twelve months. Uh. <laughs> hey, yeah, hey so boy, I, I attended the three thousand draw a few a few Sundays ago, and I was having a yep. beer with a, a young bloke called uh, Jackson Fry. Um, Jackson was on the waters. I was on the beers. Yeah, if you believe that. Anyway, I um I asked you a question about playing in finals, and 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 I think the advice we sort of both gave each other is. Pretty much just don't change your routine. Don't think about it too much because if you think about it too much, it, it really does get exhausting. So do you actually yep. speak to the players about that or do you leave that to them? Um, look, it's, it, is a, it is a tough one and you don't want to change much, but the reality is um, there's a lot more to play for and um, things become a little bit bigger than what they are in the home and away season. There's more people around and there seems to be um, you know more people uh, you know externally trying to give you certain advice on bits and pieces but um i think i think the we've got a pretty young group most of them are pretty young and they um they run to the beat of their own drums so so to speak yeah. um, they're uh they're pretty relaxed characters so i think that'll that'll suit most of them but we yeah we won't change a hell of a lot um we're yeah we're just looking forward we're looking forward to it and i'm because we've, um, you know, the footy club hasn't tasted a lot of success before this year, you know, leading into the year. So the boys are just really enjoying it, and they're and they're ready for the challenges ahead. And we've um, we've been pretty open and honest and raw with each other from the very start of the year with bits and pieces, and and we just make sure if there's something we want to touch on as a group or someone's not having something rather than stew on it we just talk about it um so we've had um yeah we've had chats over the last few weeks about obviously the next hopefully month of footy ahead for us um but yeah the boys have the boys have been great with it they're they've absorbed it all they're um they're ready to go and um we don't we don't have a alcohol can so to speak um we're happy for the boys to have a beer and, um, you know, if, if they enjoy a red with tea or anything like that, we've just kind of, we've just, we've just kind of the last probably two or three weeks just um, wound a few things back and um, we just want to tick all the boxes and make sure that, you know, your, your body's right and your mind's fresh and, um, you know, the, the big nights, as we all know, they're, they're good fun, but they can take a few days to get over and it, you know, it stops recovery and all the rest of it. So, um, yeah, we're not, we're not, completely gone strict on it but um you know i know there's a few boys that have they've stopped completely which is which is fine and they're cool and there's still a few boys that are enjoying a couple of years thursday night after training or you know before friday before footy if that's their routine um yeah, yeah more than happy for them to stick to it perfect uh now right at the end we'll let you go soon uh give the club a bit of a plug we've got presentation coming up we've got the finals at morty i think Yep. And the last night, oh, please, uh, you got a message for all the uh, the long suffering Chelsea Ice Footy Club supporters. <laughs> uh, yeah, so obviously, yeah, it's um, yeah. Well, hopefully, you know, we've got a big month of footy ahead. Um, so we'll, you know, we'll train, we'll train. Um, we've got training tomorrow night, and then we'll have a session on Saturday morning, and we'll, um, as a coaching group, we'll head down to Morty Alley and have a look at the Dubs and Keysborough game. Obviously. We'll play the winner about the following Saturday, so I'll have a squeeze at that. Um, you know, we've had a chat to the boys, and they're more than welcome to have a look, but um, I know certain certain guys, you know, probably won't get much out of it or might rev themselves up a little bit too much, so I'm also, you know, also fine with them, you know, going out here to golf or just having a relaxing day. So, um, But, yeah, we'll go down and have a look at that, um, and then we'll fire up into training next week, and then we've got that, um, I think they call it a second semi-final, don't they? That's on the... Saturday the 27th down at Morty Alec. So uh, I think that starts at quarter past two. They're a little bit later, I think, the finals, just to get the rooms and that 
changed over between games. So um, <clears throat> yeah, we'd love to see love to see all the supporters and um, you know sponsors and everybody involved at the footy club down um, and you know and, and in their red and blue and all standing together and getting behind the boys. So. Um, yeah, looking forward to that. So hopefully we can get plenty of um, plenty of supporters down to look. And it's, it's pretty, um, it's it's awesome that the finals are at Mordialic for us because it's obviously pretty close and central to um, a lot of people, which is great. So we're hoping we'll get a fair few down there. Um, as far as presentation night, the date doesn't. It's the Thursday before the AFL Grand Final um, public holiday. I think we'll go with Not that because sure. none of us know either. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's definitely, it's definitely that Thursday. So we have the AFL Grand Final. Um, it's Grand Final, Grand Final EV. Is that what they call it? So it's on the Thursday night. Yeah. So um, yeah. So I think that'll just. I'm pretty sure that'll just be held at the Footy Club. Um, so hopefully, you know, with all things going to plan, um, there'll be a fair bit to celebrate that night um, for individuals, but hopefully um, some team success by then as well. So uh, fingers crossed for that. Um, yeah, all the all the I wouldn't call you long. You haven't suffered for that long, have you, Toddy? Your supporters at the height, mate. I'm married from Collingwood, Melbourne Storm, oh. and Chelsea. <laughs> so I've had me fair bit of heartache the last few years. So yeah, long <laughs> enough. I barely for Essendon, mate. So we've got a, we've got a few things going on at the minute. Anyway, I might actually put my head in the ring for the uh, coaching job. What do you think, mate? We've locked you in for about nine years yet. So you want to get out of that? No, you want Tappy? <laughs> no, nah, for all our like I said, for all our um, for all our supporters. Um, I suppose on behalf of myself, you know, I've been there. It's my third year, and um, ever since I've walked in the place, it's, it's been a welcoming club, and I've had the full full support of the footy club and the community and the supporters, and um, I'm very thankful for that. Um, and the and the, also from the playing group as well. Um, <clears throat> you know, they love love having everyone down watch, and um, you know, <clears throat> we're hopeful that we can put our best foot forward and um, have a massive finals campaign and give all our supporters something to cheer about. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, we'll, we'll be doing everything in our um, in our favour and tick all those boxes and we'll give everything we can because we're um, we're hungry as ever and we want to bring home some silverware. Mate, well said and um, we'll let you go. And on that note, we wish you, the club and everyone involved and all the players all the best over the coming uh, few weeks on uh, what we hope, uh, like you said, bring home the, the silverware would be wonderful. So good luck. Yeah, mate. thanks for that, boys. I appreciate it. No worries. Now back to home and back to normality for all. Uh, and they get a week off too. That's that's even perfect. So that's great. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the week off, a little bit of a fresh month, and we'll um, get stuck into it. I'll see you tomorrow night at the pub. <laughs> no, yeah, no worries at all. Yeah, thanks for your time. Thanks, thanks mate. boys. Thanks, Thank you. Uh, that was great from um, Josh, and it sounds like uh, if the presentation is before the grand final weekend, you might have to get the liver out and give it a good run over the weekend. Mate, I've purged it for two weeks. It's ready. <laughs> it's ready to go. It just needs a date and a, and a reason. Yeah, it doesn't need any reason, actually. Todd, <laughs> uh, my question, the seconds are in the uh, finals. No. Well. No, they're not. No, they no, missed no. Out. Missed out they, they start off a bit slow. Um, they come back end of the year with a, with a good run, beat some top teams, and then they had to... The play the top term a couple of weeks ago, I think it was done, yep, and yep. they got done. They so got sort done. of put them out. Key, key spar. Yeah, Keezy. And then it was a little a mathic, mathematical. I failed maths. I can't even spell maths. <laughs> my own thing, eh? Yeah, it was all about numbers, yep. and they they couldn't get old. But they they're a good bunch of kids, yep. and they're, they're, the the depth's really good, and a lot of play a lot of the guys have played seniors this year, and they're keen to hang around. So 
Which is good. It's yeah, always good. Yeah. What I did like uh, on social media was Maffo's uh, photos. I know we're on radio, we can't see the photos. But what, that was a special day down there on... Yeah, on Saturday, yeah, it's his last game. Maffo's been there for... Uh, he says we, we officially gave him 232 games. He said 240. Uh, probably 80-odd with uh, Seaford as a, as a kid in the juniors. So... Uh, pushing up 250, 300 games, depending on how many you count. Um, and wanted to end, yeah, just didn't he? I actually, he, he pulled the pin a couple of weeks ago. Um, he just had enough. And I actually, not that I'm taking any credit for him, I give him a message. I said, This mate, I said, You're a bloody champion. I said, Everyone loves you. Yeah. I said, It's up to you how you go out, but. You know, if, what, whatever you want to do, you've got the, the backing of everyone. Oh, I said, but there's a lot of people in that Nether club would love to see you walk off one more time. And he did. They didn't get the chocolates. They just missed out. But to see him carry it off, and it was pretty um, emotional. pretty emotional. I asked him a few things, and he, he didn't say too much, but you know it meant a lot to him. You know, So the club's been a big part of his life and his family's life over the years. A lot of things have happened that he's been involved in. And... Um, He's been happy to give back, and especially over the last couple of years, you know, the last year or so, when he's, he's more than willing to play in the in the twos to help the twos out and help out as much as he can. He's it, one of the footy's uh, gentlemen, I think. He's a terrific young man. Yeah, I was going to actually uh, mention that as well. So it's a character of a, of an older player that will hang around, as mm. in, um, you know, they you know, they know that they're not going to make the senior side anymore, but to hang around, play in the seconds, help develop some of those yep. young kids. Yeah. Uh, it's really essential to having a success. He didn't need to. He had nothing to prove. He didn't exactly. have to do that. He didn't have to turn up to train. He didn't have to do anything. Yeah. But to do that, and you know, and the respect that he's got out of that club, like for me and everyone who's been around that club over the last fifteen or fourteen, fifteen years, whatever that's he's been in, his brother Sean been involved. It, it's phenomenal, and that's not just from our club. He has a lot of respect from uh, most clubs in the league. Yep. Yep. Totally agree. Uh, it's time for our second segment for those that uh, don't know, but it's called. Uh, I've actually started my own segment. It's called Bizarre Social Media. I knew you'd plug yourself here. Oh, I never plug myself. So, anyway, I've uh, started the Bizarre S- Social Media. So, uh, what's oh, it about? Oh, I believe we've got a stinger for it, have we? Do we have one? No, we don't. We've we got don't. Uh, past players around the ground. Uh, we didn't do it, bizarre. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll get straight into it then. <laughs> why don't we? Because we don't why have we one. Use that crazy bloke that, that you send me all the time. Who's that? You know that soccer bloke that he talks about weird stuff. Oh, I see. Yeah, well, you know, we will get onto that. that. Yeah, we, sh- we should use that on the stinger. <laughs> and, and, I'll get that organised. That is for anyone who's listening has no idea what I'm yeah, talking about. Google, okay, Google none of us do. Google it. It's very very funny. Um, anyway, bizarre social media. Um, I saw this one and I just wanted to have a, a chat about. It. It's quite funny. Uh, Italian athlete Albite Alberto Nino was competing in the Commonwealth Games. Uh, he unfortunately finished last in his uh, running event uh, when his penis fell out of his shorts. Uh, and he's shown uh, several times reaching down to his uh, rearrange his gear, so to speak. Um, now, I, I want to relate another story about this that was mentioned on the magnet some time ago. I know this other person that's involved. He, might have been about a 17-year-old... It's uh, like revolving doors or something. Could a little bit about revolving doors. It's sort of a little bit similar to this uh, this little story. The the person in question, um, he had what we used to call favourite jocks. I don't know if anyone else has superstitions where you might go through a whole season where you wear the same jocks. Well, you don't get injured and you think, I'm gonna, just going to keep wearing these same jocks. But unfortunately, when you keep wearing the same jocks, the elastics 
kind of starts to sort of wear out and they become a little bit loose. Anyway, this particular person was in uh, a school running race. He might have been close to sort of 17, 18-year-old. Uh, and the same thing has, has actually happened. So the was- the jocks have, have uh, basically exploded. The uh, elastic was gone and, and uh, the same thing has happened to them and they've had to complete the race with, uh, unfortunately, uh, something hanging out of their shorts. So the knife fell out. Yeah, it did fall out. So... <laughs> I'm kind of relating, uh, relating this story to Alberto Nuno because I do know someone that uh, also had this same story for those that are reading this thinking, God, this I, must be I a- reckon I, I've heard this story. I can't remember. I can't, uh, you know, do you know who it is? No, I don't know who it is. You sure? Yeah. I heard it was you. <laughs> <laughs> it was me. It was you told me. the story. And I gave you advice that night. <laughs> Keep running for the glory. Okay? No one's going to remember him in a couple of years. He doesn't get something for- That's all right. What, you, 13th or something like that, he could have been a superstar. <laughs> Not only did I win the Commonwealth, I had it with me Todger hanging out. <laughs> hey, imagine him up on the dice. <laughs> hey, he could have he could have been a squillion as you could have been all those oh, years I could ago. Have been. I, was, I was actually leading the race at the time and I thought oh, I'd better sort of pull back here and sort of drop back into the pack and finish uh, you know, back at the tail and, and hopefully no one will, will sort of notice. So I sort of ducked what, off. Why, what about the sponsorships? <laughs> hey? You could have got uh, what's yeah, that, that bandu on. one, the ones the ones that I've got, the bamboo one. He could have, he he, Alberto would have never had to buy underpants for the rest no. of his entire sporting life. Yeah. Wouldn't need him at all. And then they would have got him some old granny grandpa when he got, you're a fool. Alberto Nino, you're out. You're done. You're washed up. You've got nothing on me. You've got nothing. Uh, well, might be, might be time for a bit of a music break if we can, and we'll get our um, local football legend on. So we'll get that interview happening shortly with uh, local legend Peter Oakes. Uh, we'll just see if we can have a music break. Oi, 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 oi. IGA is shopping nights. IGA, where the price is right. Seaford North IGA for your groceries and liquor. IGA Express, there's nothing quicker. Hi, I'm Freddie from Freddie's Kitchen. Let's get behind Radio Karam. Go, Karam. I can hear you. Can you hear me? We can hear you, Pete. We just sort of, we've got them a technical man having technical <laughs> problems. He's the expert. So He's we're the expert. Already. That's all right. Anyway, welcome to our local football legend in Peter Oaks. Um, thanks for joining us, Peter. Um, I Before, I actually just wanted to do an intro before we just got dropped in there. But anyway, I wanted to actually talk about a little bit about, um, uh, I guess, pe- do people realise the difference between playing amateurs, uh, playing Southern football, playing Eastern District and playing Southwest Gipp- Gippsland? I-, I was lucky enough to play... A uh, bit of Eastern Districts. I played a year in amateurs, and also played South- Southern and Southwest Gippsland. I'll tell you now that Southwest Gippsland is the toughest and hardest brand of football uh, I've ever played. And I, I know Peter spent pretty much all his life um, actually uh, playing in the Southwest Gippy, so I c- you yep. can understand how hard it was. So um, I just wanted to tell you, you, tell us a little bit about how your, your sporting sort of journey um, began, Peter. Oh, well, I, I've written down a few things here and from memory, and 
I began my footy career at Warrigal in 1959 in the Warrigal under-19s, uh, coached by Len Vesey. In those times, there was no junior football. The under-19s was the starting point for you. Uh, the under-19s played in the Ellenbank Football League as a third team for the uh, new chief senior team who were unable to have the numbers of youngsters required for an under-19s team. In those days, we travelled by bus to various games against Neerham South, Nilma Lillico, Druin, Alora Stresleggy, Warrigal Industrials, Ellen Bank, Trafalgar, etc. And that was a bit of an eye-opener for a 12-year-old as uh, the older members of the team played cards for money, had a ciggy on the way, <laughs> celebrated the win with beers and on the bus trip on the way home. And I played in the wing in those early years. But it was an eye-opener for me as a young kid so travelling with the older boys. You're telling everyone who's listening now that you played at, at what, 12 years old? Yeah, I was 12 when oh, I started. 12 years, so, <laughs> so, so I'm tipping the C's are out and the beers are out. What about cards? Did, did, how'd, you, how'd you go with cards? No, I didn't have no cards. No but cards? We had, had the old bus with uh, plenty of rollicking times on the way home when they won because I was nearly, nearly well, 18 years of age with the folks I played with. But I was I was a fairly big build as a kid. I was my dad was a big bloke, and they all thought I'd get bigger than him. But I I stopped growing it at about twelve. <laughs> so it's you're still twelve years old playing with men. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's probably illegal yeah. now. You know what I mean? I'm not even sure. <laughs> <laughs> slave labour. Yeah. I think even slave labour in third world countries, you've got to be a third. So. It was a good way of learning, though. Like my dad used to say, oh, don't go in there. They'll bloody kill you. Keep you out in the wing, play in your position. And I was probably a bit lucky. I was playing on 18-year-olds. So, oh, he's only a bloody kid, and they'd go off and leave you. Yeah. And I just played my position. They'd kick the ball out to me all the time. <laughs> That's yeah, so that, that was my start of playing. But I, I played... Uh, well, our family were always great Collingwood supporters. We went to, by train to all the Collingwood games from Warrigal. Uh, even season practice games at Victoria Park. And it was one of the practice games that we met the Jenkin family. You remember Graham Jenkin that Jezza took the big mark over? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he was a great mate of mine, and uh, they suggested I take my gear down the following week and have a run in the 11 o'clock game. And how old were you then? I was only uh, 15. 15. (laughs) I think it's still illegal these days, but that's okay. Yeah. So I went down there and I must have impressed one of those games. So I progressed to the one o'clock game and I was invited to play with the Collingwood under nine ends in the 62 season. That's when I started. I left school at 15 in my first term of year 11 and started work for the Victorian Railways and Spencer Street as a junior clerk. And um, ironically, after about 12 weeks, I was transferred to Warrigal. The vacancy occurred in the Road and Works Forms office in Warrigal. So I was back in Warrigal. <laughs> so that, crea- that created a bit of a, a deal of stress that I had to uh, hitchhike to Victoria Park twice a week for training. Uh, How did that go? Bit- Do you have any good stories from that? <laughs> you would have met some interesting people. Oh, I did. I, I, was able to, I was able to knock off work at about 3.30 on a Monday and Wednesday. I lost 40 minutes pay on each of those nights as a young <laughs> oh, kid. That's harsh. Uh, then luckily I was able to get a lift on a Monday night from a, a nice bloke called Don Logan. He was doing a, an accounting course at RMIT and he used to drop me off at Victoria Park. That was on a Monday night, but unfortunately he couldn't drive me home. So I caught a train from Vic Park to Princess Bridge 
in a train to Dandenong Station where I'd use a public phone call to ring mum and dad and they'd drive down from uh, Warrigal and pick me up and I've often got home about 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock at night on a Monday night and Thursday, Wednesday nights after I walked up up sometimes 10k in the pouring rain to get to get a lift, so, uh, I hitchhiked to training, coming home the same way as on a Monday night, catching the train and getting mum and dad to drive to Dandenong to pick me up. Now, <laughs> I wouldn't like standing on the bloody Dandenong station now at eight o'clock, <laughs> nine o'clock at night Mate, by yourself. That's uh, that's commitment. I yeah, mean, the kids, anyone today could learn about commitment from that. That's just commitment, unbelievable. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like yeah. I trained with Collingwood uh, for the under 19s. I played under 19s, 1962, 63, and 64, and played in a losing grand final at the MCG against Melbourne under 19s and 64. That was the senior game where Compton kicked. The goal and beat the seniors too. Great. <laughs> then, then at the, the beginning of the '65 season, I was appointed captain of the under 19, and we won the opening game of the '65 season against St Kilda at Victoria Park. I had a good game and won a, a Palaco business shirt for the oh, best player. Mate, that's <laughs> for, 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 for the older the, the, the older blokes listening. Yep. That's the ultimate. The Palaco shirt. Yeah, that, that's right. <laughs> Well, after that, on the Thursday night, I had a phone call from the from Collingwood informed me that I was, as I was the captain, they'd like me to miss the following game to allow them to try out a, a player from the Mornington Peninsula League. And that fellow, you might fellows might remember, Dennis Legasic. I think he played at Mornington. All right, yeah. At any rate, uh, I was a bit disappointed in that. So I asked them for a clearance to Warrigal. <laughs> and they asked, they asked me, what do you want to go to Warrigal for? And I said, well, they had no idea that I lived and worked in Warrigal. But I went back to Warrigal the next week and was first rover all the season in the senior team. And I won the Gazette Sports Writers Award. And I was runner-up in the best and fairest the first year. And I was only 18 then. But that was one of the strongest comps I'd played in Latrobe Valley. Like they had uh, Graham Donaldson was captain coach of Maul. Uh, Brucey Williams had played at Carlton. He was first rover. Uh, Keith Beamish from Footscray was first rover at Mowey. Cookie O'Dwyer from Hayfield. He was first rover there. So they had league players at 28 years of age who went to the bush for money because they didn't get money in the in the city. Mm. What? So, and, sorry, Pete, buddy. That, yep. What happened to the, the bloke who you mentioned who you had to sit out for to give him a game? What happened to him? Do you know what happened to him? Well, he ended up, he, I think he played about 60 senior games with Collingwood, but he was taken down to Collingwood by Peter Lucas, who was the then secretary of the, the senior club. Okay. So they had a bit of a pull when they took someone down, they had to give him a game straight away. But he, I think he played about 60 senior games. But in the in the under-19s that I played with, Teddy Potter was full back. He went on to play about 260 senior games. Peter Boyne was centre half back. Louis Adams Addison played in half back flank. He about 250 games in the seniors. Uh, Jackie Green played about 60 games in the seniors, the other half back flank. Uh, well, Lenny Clark played on a wing. Uh, we had uh, Dougie Stewart played centre half forward. He went on and coached Fitzroy too, Doug. And first ruck was Graham Jenkins, and the second ruck was Lenny Thompson. So, wow, 
was a pretty good under-19 Great Lenny, so uh, Great Lenny Thompson. There's some names there, isn't yeah. there? <laughs> yeah, so it was a pretty good side, but we didn't do much good with all of those good players. It took until 64 when we made the finals, and we got beaten by Melbourne by 10 points. But uh, different days then, you know. Definitely, definitely. But yeah, yeah, I mean, it just goes to show you can have all superstars in the in the one team and still not have the, the item success sometimes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Also, um, it's hardly surprising that you love competing. But uh, uh, tell us a little bit about your family connection you had to sports. So tell us about your brother-in-law. Oh well, Lionel Lionel Rose was my brother-in-law, and he was uh, he was the best man at uh, our wedding, and. Uh, my dad trained a team of Aboriginal boys at Warrigal. Uh, there was Lionel, Harry Hayes, uh, Gary Mullet, uh, Arthur Thomas. They're all good good fighters. I think Harry was the Australian flyweight champion. Uh, Gary Mullet was a Victorian bantamweight champion. And Arthur Thomas was a really good lightweight that fought the first main event on TV ringside all right. against, against Kimboa Mafio. So they were a great team of kids, and Lionel was only about, oh, I was about 10 when Dad had him in the gym, yeah. and uh, Dad trained him to the Australian flyweight title as an amateur. He was only 15. We had to put his age up to 16 so he could compete against the men. He had four knockout victories against 22- and 23-year-olds in Tasmania in the week and won the Australian flyweight title. So... It was a pretty good effort. Oh, not a bad effort at all. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Amazing. yeah and, uh, he was he was a great fighter, but I don't think anyone ever saw the best of him. He was always had trouble making weight. He had typical Aboriginal little skinny legs, but he had a big big shoulders and he trained hard. Yeah. But uh, all of his fights in Melbourne were probably probably about a an eight ten limit. In fact, he had to waste to fight. Uh, fighting a rider to win the world title, he still had to waste to that, get there. That, it's a lot when you when you're that thin. You know what I mean? If you're a big yeah. fella, it's a little bit easy. But when you got nothing on you, and you got to try right. and, try and lose that, it. and it well, zaps your strength. Well, his, his cousin Harry Hayes was a bit easier. Like I trained him myself for the Commonwealth title fight with uh, McCluskey at the Chevron. And he lived with Paul and I for about seven weeks. And he ate three meals a day. And he, he came in, weighed in at 7.13. He had to make eight stone. He didn't even have to wait. <laughs> it makes so it he easy, was, but uh, easy, doesn't it? Yeah, it made it easy. But Lionel had to waste all the time. In fact, when he when he fought Olivares in America, he uh, he left he hit 10 stone and he had to make eight six. And they went to America in the American summer. And I had a letter back from Dad saying, uh, he's the fittest we've ever seen him. He said he knocked out Dwight, Dwight Hawkins, number one rated feather in the world with uh, 10 ounce, 12 ounce gloves. And he said he's favourite for the fight, but he said there won't be a fight. He said he's, he's nine stone, we can't get another ounce off him. Yeah, right. And that was a week before the fight. And he was favourite because of his gym form. And... Mrs. Rennie got him onto the diuretics and uh, they got the weight off. And when he got in the ring, Dad said he, he couldn't even talk to me in the corner. He was slurring his words. He was that bad. Oh, right. That week. 
Yeah. And I said to Lionel later, I said, uh, was he that good a puncher, Oliver? Is it? He said, every time he hit me, I fell over. He said, I, he didn't hurt me, but he said, he just knocked me down every time he hit me. And he said, they, the Americans are typical. They uh, they put uh, sponge rubber under the canvas to make it a bit hard for him to, he said, it was like getting your foot out of the mud hole. Yeah, right. He couldn't, couldn't move. It was but a he, bit... virtually, he virtually sold his title. Yeah, right. So, well, he had... He had about, I think he had 17 stitches inside and outside his mouth because the mouth guard just kept coming out. He, he'd wasted that much. He couldn't hold his mouth guard in. Wow. So. Wow, that's pretty yeah. tough. Yeah, plenty of plenty of stories about the Slim, as yeah. we call him. I, um, as we know, anyone, uh, we lost the, the great Johnny Famish on the other week. Yes, I yes. I was um, lucky enough one day. I didn't really know who they were. I was a bit young, but around... Uh, Jenison Court, Dicko, a friend of Dad's. My dad used to race motorbikes with him, so there was Dicko, Jono. Uh, yeah. There's a bloke called Lionel Rose there and another bloke called Johnny yep. Famishon were playing uh, cricket in the street. And I didn't yeah. realise until after someone – I said, who were those two blokes? He goes, oh, that's Lionel Rose, that's Johnny Famishon. And I yeah. sort of did my homework and I thought, jeez, wow, you know what I mean? And just lovely well, blokes. They were great, great mates. Yeah, they're all good mates. Yeah, they were all good yeah. mates. Dicko's mate, John Owen, a few, few blokes that I didn't really know or Dad knew, but... Um, a- a- Angus was the other one too, Yeah, Angus. yeah. There was a few characters in that gang too, just quietly. Yeah. Uh, Pete, so you returned to Warrigal and Bunyip and, and a stint at Long Warry. Tell us about that. Yeah. Well, I had, I had two seasons at Warrigal, 65 and 66, and similar to Collingwood, I, I got transferred from Warrigal back to Melbourne. And uh, I used to travel by train from War- from Warrigal to about 6 o'clock start in the morning. And it didn't get back home to Warrigal about 6 o'clock at night, which didn't enable me to train because they didn't have great lights in those days. Was, they start training at uh, half past 4, 5 o'clock. So I couldn't train there. And... Uh, I decided that I'd drive my car to Bunyip uh, in the morning, catch the train from there, and uh, in the evening I got to Bunyip by about 5.15. And so I was able to train and play with them. And in those days I was paid $20 a game, and at that time I was going out with uh, a girl from Bunyip, Pauline, to become my wife. And it was very convenient for me to play there. And the following season, Bunyip decided they couldn't pay any one players and all the players could be cleared to a club of their choice. So in 68, my wife Pauline and I had become engaged and we were saving for our wedding in 69. So Bunyip and I departed a company and I signed on with the Longwari Football Club, coached by legendary Eric Guy uh, for the 68 season. And Longmore went on to win the Premiership that year. I uh, played alongside Peter Knights, who was 16 years of age in that preliminary final team. And he went on uh, to Hawthorne in 69 and became an AFL champion. I played at Longmore uh, from 68 until 71. I was named in the team of the 60s, the team of the 70s and the, and the uh, team of the century at Longmore. And uh, in 72, I was appointed coach of the Romana Footy Club in the European Football League. And unbeknown to me, the Romana Football Club, who were, their president was Eric Oakes, which was my dad's brother, 
he got me down there, but I didn't know that I'd lost uh, 15 of their senior team from the previous year when they won the premiership. Stitched up. It was a real battle to coach because I, I took on the under-18s as well as the seniors. So they played on the same day and the reserves played away. I won the best and fairest in 72 and was run up the best and fairest in 73 to a Chelsea Heights great and John Hogan. He's one of my greatest mates, John. Uh, we were no, both named the Dramana Footy Club's team in the 70s and in 74 was appointed coach of the Chelsea Heights Footy Club. So I played 74, 75, 76, 77 and 78 as coach and 79 as a player. I won the best and fairest there twice and runner-up twice and also won the league best and fairest twice and uh, I coached the interleague side. Uh, some tough players in that comp then, South West Kippy. Oh, yes. um, t- tell us a little bit about Frosty Miller. Oh, Frosty's. <laughs> he was a bit of an adversary. I'd, uh, I'd run into Frosty a couple of times in uh, West Kippy. Uh, I remember Eric Guy said to me one day, we, we changed in a, we're changing in the back pocket. I said, what the hell are we doing changing in the back pocket? We're playing on a bloke called John Dalgleish who played at North Melbourne. And he was about six foot four and about 21 stone at that stage. And I thought, what the hell are we doing? Change in the pocket. And then I worked it out. Eric changed in the back pocket and Frosty went in on a big left foot and Eric ran right through him. <laughs> and they carried him off on a stretcher. He'd just come back from Carlton. He'd played at Carlton on uh, match permit, six games in the seniors at Carlton. And he was kicking goal after goal down at, uh, at Eric too. When he went there, but uh, Frosty was a was a great player. If you ask Johnny Hogan, we played in a grand final. We were in front in time on, and Frosty used to play for free kicks pretty well. He'd bend over the ball and let someone pull him off it, and he got a free kick on the wing at Dubton. Now you blokes would have seen the Dubton ground. He yep. put it through post high from the from the wing at Dubton. Jeez. Post high, unbelievable. They, they beat us by about ten points. But he, he was a great player, but he was uh, not the toughest if you really took him on a bit. He didn't like it like that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep that in-house. <laughs> yeah. yeah well, it, it, you talk about tough footy in, in one of those grand finals. They took, I think they took 25 minutes to start the game because I think Nisbet told each of his player to snot the opposition player and the ball was bound. So... There were fights from one end of the ground to the other, and they had mounted police on the ground. And yeah, it was fairly, uh, fairly tough footy. It was the toughest bloke you played against, Pete. And and, and let's just oh, say, because you're renowned for being a, a fairly hard man. Oh, the um, tough bloke, tough bloke. No, so Tommy Cant was a pretty tough bloke from uh, uh, Hallam. Uh, Dickie Tonks that played with Danny Ong, who's a tough boy, and Donnie Henwood was tough. Yeah, the Henwoods. Henwoods. Oh, yeah. I think Donnie Henwood Henwood got six weeks playing with Footscray Reserves for kicking the bloke, so he's a tough boy. But, uh, oh, well, that was the way it was in those days. It was, wasn't it? You know what I mean? I mean, I I, I remember my memories of you were just always had a mouse under under your eye. Yeah, you yeah. always wore. But I'm pretty sure there's probably one or two of the other blokes had one as well, probably worse. Yeah, and that was just that was just looking after your teammates. That's what I heard. 
Yeah, well, I know my wife will tell you I had a I had a black eye from in the season till Christmas. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's exactly true. I'm, yeah. I'm surprised they're not even in the in the in the team photos. They must have touched that up. Um, you played at the Heights until you were forty. Uh, how many games did you well, play? Well, I, I played I played there until I was about thirty four, and then I went up and coached uh, Bina and. South in the uh, Bash Valley, as they call it, it right. Bass Valley, and they called it Bass Valley then. How many games did you play all up? And I think uh, then we're just sort of half making this. Did you only miss how many games did you miss? And how many did, uh, all up? And how many did you miss all up? I played four hundred and fifty-nine games. Roundabout number. Ten. I played ten interleague games and one international. I played against New Zealand in an international game. And I only missed three games. I missed three games in 65 when I was hospitalised with a broken jaw against Payfield. It's a bit weak, isn't it, Pete? (laughs) (laughs) Bloody hell, you let yourself down. Well, I... I Only only three for a broken jaw. Yeah, I I was in hospital for a week, but I... (laughs) I, uh, My dad was fairly tough in those days. He's... uh, He said to me, I came in at half-time, I didn't know I'd ever been playing. I kicked six goals the day that I... Got knocked out, <laughs> and uh, Dad said, oh, "You're weak as a water." He said, "The bloke hit you with a backhand, and you lay on the ground, left us one man short for a while." <laughs> <laughs> and I found out later on that he had a plaster cast under a bandage, ah. and he he ended up he broke about six jaws, and he got he got twelve weeks when they caught him. Yeah, wow. But that's the only only games I missed. I I had different things. I had broken ribs and broken fingers. Ankles and all the rest, but uh, you just played in those days. God, amazing! And uh, also, uh, uh, you could look after yourself. You're a bit, bit of bit of a boxer yourself, amateur boxer. Oh yes, I had I had a few fights. I had about uh, I think I had about a dozen amateur fights, and I won ten, drew one, and lost one. And I had I had one pro fight against Ben Brizzy uh, at the stadium over four rounds, and I drew with him over four rounds, but. I had to play with Collingwood the next day. I got bloody Lionel talked me into fighting. The main main prelim had fallen through, and he said, oh, "I actually will fight." And I said, "Here's the thing: I'm going to play football tomorrow." <laughs> and now I had uh, Ambrose Palmer's boots and somebody else's shorts. And <laughs> anyway, I fought Ben Brizzy for a draw. I went real well for two rounds, and then, <laughs> and then uh, it caught up with me a bit. But the next day, when I played footy, I was I had a black eye, and I. <laughs> I couldn't lift my arms above my waist, and uh, I had to hide behind jerk. I was getting changed so Ronnie Richards couldn't see me. And anyway, I didn't get a kick, and he said, what's wrong with him? They said, oh, he fought at the stadium last night, and he tore strips off me at half time because <laughs> took me off because they didn't have uh, no uh, interchange then. It was just you were off the ground. Good. So that that was my, my fighting career, but I, I trained a box with all those blokes. Thousands of rounds, I reckon, with Lyle and Harry and Kerry Mullet, Arthur Thomas. All right, oh, any any young bikes listening? <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> found a few on the footy ground too, but yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah I know. I, I know that I uh, I won two league medals and knocked out the same bloke in the first quarter of both finals <laughs> from Berwick, uh, Chris Nisbet. Yeah. Yeah, listen to you blokes, yeah. listening young blokes. Um, mid-season, don't go away on little holidays and camping trips or complain you've got a you know, runny nose and, and have two weeks off. Just get That's back right. there and help, <laughs> help the blokes out. 
let your team <laughs> no. down. No, we just we just played. Most blokes were the same in those days, and I think the secret too in those days coaching is you had to be wary of what a bloke do, does for work. Like you've got a plumber or something, he's been digging ditches all day. You don't run the guts out of him at training. You you just got to manage him. And I think that was the trouble. That is the trouble at a lot of clubs. The coaches take no no uh, notice of what the bloke does during the day. I was a bit lucky being a clerk in the railways. I, I know I had plenty of Mondays I limped into work, but I was able to sit at a desk and do my job. But a bloke that's a plumber or a carpenter, he's got to go to work. Yeah, it makes so it hard. The, yeah, it does make it hard. And it also makes it hard with trying to keep players. You know, they've, they've got a business now, a small mm. business, so they got a way up, do I, do I play for bugger all for the love of footy on a weekend or to give up, you know, Christ knows how much money they earn these days, four or five hundred with their kids. So, you know, it, it's it's tough footy these days. It's a lot different to the days of you played and, and 20 years That's ago. Right. So footy shows right. a hell of a lot. It's a lot more professionalism. And in AFL, they don't work. They don't have a job. But, you know, no, you, right. your, your local bloke, you know, your local ruckman down here, he's got to, like I said, dig holes all day and then that's right. playing on the that's weekend. Right. If he, and if he hurts himself, that's, you know, that that's his, that's his livelihood down the drain. So That's right. It's very hard. It's very hard. So I commend yeah. anyone who, who has, does that and keeps playing for the local clubs. It's a, it's a great thing still to do because footy's such a – it's still a wonderful thing in local footy. You know what I mean? It's still a great place to be at and be involved at. It's it's wonderful, What, what you know. Yeah. Well, when, you, when you're – Think about it. Country towns, that's all they've got. They've got the football and netball, and that's the lifeblood of the town. Yeah, true. Mm. Very true. In, in country areas, it is. Yeah, I mean, we, we had this conversation a couple of years ago about non-funding for clubs and trying to survive, and we've always been this little tiny club in, involved in, like, around with powerhouses around us. And we, you know, yep. we'll sit there and feel sorry for ourselves. We don't get this. And at least I think, what, what about, the, you know, a team 230k southeast from here? They've got nothing, you know what I mean? And a lot of them little little clubs have closed down, which is a, an right. absolute shame because that's what local footy is. That's that's the lifeblood of your, your town and you, everyone gets there and supports mm. each other and stuff like that, and that, that's your weekend, so... Yeah. It's very true. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. tough. But also, I don't, I don't think a lot of the players realise what goes into running a footy club. That's, you know, when I, when I played up at Boone, the... The ladies' committee used to give the senior club about fourteen thousand dollars a year, mm. and they they catered for weddings and engagement parties, twenty firsts, and they were terrific people. The ladies' committee. If you had a good ladies' committee, you were made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's still the same, you know. I don't think anyone, and I suppose they shouldn't realise how the club runs. But if if they're, well, it's good if they sort of when they finish up to either jump on the committee and have a look how it works because it's not easy in this day of day and age it gets harder and harder to raise money um, people aren't, right. don't have it to give it you know what I mean and just to get guys on the park it takes a hell of a lot uh, of committed that's a, volunteers that's a lot. you know it's a lot of work absolutely of yeah work. absolutely yeah. I think you know and like I said I hope that when players finish at the heights they'd like to jump on the committee for a year or two and have a good look at how it all runs and then they'll appreciate it a lot more yeah. and, and, and as you, yeah. I don't know if you know but we did speak to Josh Bull before we actually got you on Pete and I can see that change in culture that's that's actually going through Chelsea Heights at the moment just from you know seeing players washing dishes in the kitchen to walking in the change rooms and seeing spotless I, yeah. I, I remember when I was playing it was pretty much pull your tape off and, and throw it on the floor and someone else would sweep it up for you and it's just 
it just tells yep. you how much you know the culture has changed and how the responsibility is back on the playing group to, the, the, to do all that sort of stuff. Just adding to that, the first time a couple of years ago, because we haven't had footy there for a couple of years, we were rolling the the stools and the tables in from outside and putting them in. And he said, "What are you guys doing?" I said, "Well, we're just putting stuff away." He said, "No." I said, well, "What's what we do?" He said, "No, you won't stop, boys." And he whistled them over. And from that day onward, they cook the barbecue, they do the dishes, they clean up. After a game, yep. even the other game when we beat two weeks ago, yep. he yep. said, right, when you finish, we'll have a talk down outside, pick up rubbish. Yep. And they were picking up rubbish from around the club. And that's, yeah, that's to cool. me, that's he won me over straight away. That's brilliant. Because as we all know, there's a lot of work goes into running clubs. And when it's left to that's the same X amount, you get burnt out and you don't, you know, and it's, you struggle. So it's good to see. Right. And that's something that's I, right. I blame, well, not blame him, I Bring straight back to Josh. That's the way he is. He's a footy. He comes yep. from a footy family, you know, from the Bulls from Bomb Beach, right. and they, yep. we're buying. And all the he's got all the young kids and all the people around. Josh got some buying into that and helping each other out. So it's been terrific. Yep. Oh, well, Pete. I, I was, oh, sorry, mate. I, I was chairman of selectors in uh, Chris Bull's premiership year at Chelsea. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But a lot, a lot of the senior players too don't really go and watch the kids or. Like I coach a lot of junior teams too. I coach I coach uh, on beach under eighteens. I coached uh, Warrigal under fifteens when I was playing at Warrigal when I was eighteen. I coached the under fifteens on a Sunday. Then I coached Long Warrior Reserves when I played in the seniors. And I coached uh, Chelsea under elevens, twelves, thirteens, fourteens, fifteens, sixteens, and eighteens. So you know, if, if blokes take something out of footy, they've got to put something back in and. A lot of them don't. They'll they'll just finish up and go away. Yeah. But they don't realise how much it takes to to win a, a club premiership. You need to have local content. Yeah. And to have local content, you've got to nurture the kids. True. Very, mm, very true. I remember when uh, the Heights won ninety five, and Dinger said he came up to us. He said, "You know, it's it's we didn't win it for just us. We won it for the committee." The people, yep. the Jock McGregors, the Graham Harris, all those guys that had yep. been come, yep. done all this stuff, and, and moved on. The, the, yes. the, the premiership was about them, not for that that eighteen or twenty two blokes that, that walked on the park yes. that day. And that, I felt that was a great idea because it's it's all it, it takes a lot of people to win a premiership, not just twenty two, you know. And it that that goes over a long period of time. Sometimes that it might does. be a ten or fifteen year period of twenty people's hard work, non stop volunteering yep. to win one flag in one day. So. Well, uh, even like Hank Hank Van Summer is probably the last of the uh, original mob, isn't he? Yeah, he was down. He's down there all the time. Every now and again, he pops in. Dutchie yeah. brings him in, and uh, he's still got a bit to say, Hank. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Now we understand you've got a, a granddaughter playing college basketball in Texas, and you're well, fairly proud of that. Apparently, what I've been talking to Sue about. Yeah, she's home now. She's uh, unfortunately she did a knee. She did an ACL. Oh. And she had uh, 12 months of rehab. And in that 12 months, they had COVID there too. So she mm. wasn't allowed to be around the team or anything like that. So she lost a bit of a drive for it. She was in her third year, I think. At any rate, she's come back to Australia and she's going to uni now. Uh, she's completing a, a course there. She was doing speech pathology at university. And she's she's back playing. She's playing netball, but she's also been approached by a lot of people to play. And I think next year she might give it another go at Chelsea Heights. <laughs> <laughs> well, she played. Uh, she played with. Well, she played in Australian teams under 
15, 17 and 18. So she was well sought after, but it's such a big thing for kids over there. Like, it was a great scholarship, but uh, it's very lonely if you if you get an injury. And mm. some of the uh, rehab over there is unbelievable. Like, she was training at one stage with rehab on a treadmill in a swimming pool with a, <laughs> a screen in front of her. Like, she could watch herself running on a treadmill, so it takes the weight off in the pool. Things like that, just unbelievable. Uh, and she had a one-on-one -on -one trainer to rehabilitate her, but it's it's such a big thing. Oh. Yeah. And I suppose it's when you, like you said, when you're away from family and you're going through that, it's, it makes it tough too. Yes, well, she said they had COVID tests three times a week and, uh, like, the universities over there is just unbelievable. They were flying to other universities. They got a private jet. 12 seat, 12 seat of private jet to fly them to their games and <laughs> long, it's just a different world. A, a yeah, long way totally. away from you um, getting from Warrigal to the city. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, if there had been fr fr frequent fly points when you were a young bloke, mate, you'd be just raking in free stuff by now, the miles you, you put in. Oh, well, it's uh, a different world, that's all. If you if you want it, you, you try your hardest. And uh, unfortunately, I wasn't good enough, so... I think you were. I think you definitely were. But when we when we put this show together, the, the first person that came to mind was was you because um, it's all about local legends. And if if anyone uh, fills that mantle of local legends, it's uh, it's you, Pete. That's for sure. So oh, yeah. we Thanks are more than happy and thankful to have you on. Yes. We always yep. uh, love seeing you down the club and saying hello. Um, yep. uh, keep that up. Keep healthy, keep well. Um, we wish you all the best, and hopefully see you down at the club very soon. Yeah, and for boys, yeah. do, boys do get to the big dance. Uh, uh, where are your where are your finals played this Mor year? Mordialic, at Mordialic, are they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we'd love to see you down there if they do get to the, yeah, I'll get there. To the big dance. It'd be amazing. Yep. So let's fingers crossed everything sort of goes to plan, but we'll see. All right then. All right. Well, thanks for joining right. us tonight. That's no trouble at all. I enjoyed it myself. Wonderful, thanks, Pete. Peter. Good to talk thanks, to you. Thank you. Bye. 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 And, uh, yeah, thanks to Peter Oaks for joining us tonight. Again, amazing story. You know, what like a, that's an amazing story. And the stuff I've, when I've spoke to it, there's a lot more. Uh, that was a technical issue. Right? <laughs> so was it? Was. <laughs> my eardrum just burst. That's okay. But all the other stuff of getting to training and coming back and yeah. late night. You wouldn't be allowed to do that now. Exactly. I mean, it, it waters on... It's probably but, not. But, but the fact they didn't know. So he's going to Collingwood from Warrigal, travelling, and no one's asked him, hey, mate, where do you live? Yeah, How yeah. How do you get here? Or and then he kept, get, kept getting transferred from where he was back to Warrigal. Yeah. And then back from Warrigal to thing, oh, and still right. managed to do it and become. Yeah. And look, I said I was too young to see him at his prime, whatever he was on the yeah. young fella. But they say he was one of the best and one of the toughest blokes. Like I said, I just remember him always with the black eye. Yeah. Always with the black eye. But he would, if someone had a go at one of his players. Yep. He'd, he'd pay back straight away because he was that kind of bloke. So. But, but, but before we have a music break, if anyone wants to give us a call, 049 on our call-in. We'll, we'll take a few calls and have a chat about anything football you want to talk about locally. And Dave, uh, David uh, Lee. If David you, Lee, if you, yeah, Ring now, not, not, not in the middle of what we're talking. That'd be great. <laughs> we'd love to hear from you. Otherwise, we're just going to talk for a little bit longer. But a few, I just wanted to, a few things I wanted to talk about. Firstly... Our guest next week, I heard a story, this is what my brother told me, that uh, a certain guy got a phone call last week saying that um, 
uh, some details about local football legend, asking all these information about you know playing days and things like that, and uh, that were running a show and things like that. And then they asked him for his brother's number. <laughs> um, so he got this big build-up. He thought he was going to be on himself. And, oh, then, and then at the end of the conversation, <laughs> by the way, can I get your brother's, brother's number? number? But can, I, I won't say who that was. Can, was can, we, you? Can, can we say who it is or not? <laughs> I won't say who that is. I, I will. <laughs> I will. So the, the reason I say because I, I, rang, I rang a certain... <laughs> I was at work today, and Matt Hall, who's involved in Aspinall, as he, he goes, oh, guys, I stitched um, Paul Martello up the other night for fines. I go, oh, yeah, what about he goes, yes, some guy rang him, that, that was me, and asked him about, about having a show called Football Legends and stuff like that. Then they got through all the ticks and things, and they go, can we have your brother's number? <laughs> so he got fine. But to be honest, he knew about it, and I spoke to him and so because I wanted to speak to Aaron because I didn't have Aaron's number. So next week we're going to have um, – Get Aaron, yeah. We're going to try. I, I can't get a hold of Ox. So I've got his number, but he won't answer my call. I don't know why. <laughs> I probably know, I probably know why. Um, and then we're going to get the the great Aaron Martello. So Aaron Martello is a very polarised person, I suppose. Whoever you spoke yep. to, I've always got on well with him. I yep. thought he's just and he's absolute superstar. He was a superstar. cricket, mm. football, superstar. you name it, he could do it. And really humble, which yep. depends how you see. You know, because I rang him up and I said, oh, we're talking about local footy legend. He goes, why'd you ring me? You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. So he, he's more willing to come on. So we've got, I want to speak, we'll try and ring Ox, yep. see how their season's going, yeah. which is, hasn't been great, unfortunately. Yep. Um, give him the, the run around like we spoke to Josh and then get um, Aaron on and speak about his uh, footy and, and sporting prowess because he's been an absolute local legend. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and I, I remember just one thing from Aaron Martella going down and watch EDS one day. Uh, he was a man mountain. When he used to have the shaved head, yep. I remember a supporter yelling out to him, "Go back to Siberia, you mug!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's you know had that shaved head look. Yeah, and yeah. Also, yeah. well, he probably only kicked six yeah, up probably. to half time till then. So yeah, he was a gun. And also, just look a special message that I wanted to say as well. Um, it's regarding Paul Paul Green, NRL legend um, that unfortunately took his own life. Uh, during the week, I just wanted to let everyone know if, you, if you've got a mate, any of your mates, you've got on your phone, you're driving home, just call them, send them a text, um, just have a chat. You, you know, sometimes I just do a random one where I'll just pick someone and just give them a call. Sometimes it's Codge, sometimes it might be a few people I work with and things like that. Just look, it's really good just to reach out to your mates, just give them a call, have it's, a chat. How you going? It's you know. changed the way we speak about our friends. I actually, I've got a good mate of mine who's got uh, suffers from severe. Depression. Yep. Sometimes we'll just go for a walk and have a chat about life and stuff like that. I also, so pertinent is on Saturday night after the the the, the Swan one, yep. I actually spoke to a bloke who's been around the footy club for a long time and he was really upset. Yep. Um, he lost his wife a couple of years ago, and I sat. I suppose I spoke to him for probably an hour, yep. and he said to me, "As blokes like you and the club." That I've thought about killing myself. Yeah. He goes, but I can come down here and have a chat with blokes like you. Thing, you know, this uh, X amount of people, uh, the older blokes, you know, like Slob and that, can have a chat with him, have a few beers, hang around. He goes, it's kept me going. So it's a really important thing to do. You know what I mean? Nice. And yeah. I'd sort of, yeah, that was sort of, oh, you know, I mean, it was pretty tough. You know what I mean? But it's all you can do is have a talk and listen. You yeah, know, don't exactly. judge, don't judge. Let them talk and, and just listen. Yeah, just listen, right. you know what I mean? Everyone has their own personal battles, but just, you know, look, if you can, just reach out to someone. Send, even just a text, you know, 
Or, you know, if you're driving home and you got you want to talk to someone and you drive home, just, you know, pick someone out there and give them a call. If you know someone's doing it, doing it tough, uh, look, just reach out to them and say hello and catch up for a coffee or do something like that. It's really, really you nice might be the difference. You exactly know what I mean? Right. You might be the difference. Exactly right. So, you know, and usually we find that the people that are, that are going through this are the people that don't speak up and you think they're really happy and they're actually the ones that are really doing it tough. The, the, the happy ones, the jovial ones, yep. the, the ones that put on a, a front, are probably the ones that are hiding most. Yep. So, so they're the ones that think, oh, they're fine. They're probably the ones suffering most. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, don't be don't be frightened. Just like I said, ring one. Just yeah. flick your phone over, ring one, and ring your mate and say, "Get mate, how you going? Yeah. You don't have to talk or not. How are you doing? Whatever. I want to have a beer. You know, we all know someone who's doing it tough at the moment. Just do it. Cost you nothing. Exactly. All right, we'll have a music break and oh four nine three two one three eight three one. Give us a call if you want to have a chat. Hi, I'm Dr. Floyd Gomes, uh, a.k.a. Atticus Health with Dr. Floyd, you might recall, and it's great to be here at Radio Carum. If you're the Carum way, just call Mitchell Tall. Or in Patterson Lace, just call Mitchell Tall. Anywhere Bayside, just call Mitchell Tall. Buy a summer house. Just call Mitchell Tall, Mitchell Tall, 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 Real Estate. Oh yeah, real little real estate. We want more. We done it. One take. Couple of greatheads there from the Friday Night Froffies. Uh, is it the, the, the boys making them? It is the boys making them. Some of them aren't completely tone deaf, which yeah, I'm surprised. Are, so are. that's not too bad. Thank God we're not making them. Oh mate, <laughs> that's <laughs> very ugly. Um, well, well, no one's actually called in at the moment, but we're not sure about the technology. We've got another number, haven't we? What's the number? Uh, that's a good question, Grant. That's oh four two double three. Triple eight nine seven. That's the uh, People's Champions phone number. Uh, so that is oh four two double three triple eight nine seven. It's only his own number, so he's. Now wants to call in, talk anything football, AFL. David Lee. Where's Where's Clarko? We want to know where Clarko is. Where's Clarko? Yeah, you know, Have they sacked the or what? Collingwood, you name it, whatever. I'm um, just a, a few things I just wanted to touch on as well. So. At the completion of the season, uh, Southern Football League Division 1, I mean the, the teams that we're obviously interested in, uh, Cranbourne, one of our old arch enemies, actually finished second and got going to have a real tilt at the Nemesis. Yeah, Nemesis finals. Uh, Dingley finished fifth and the Morty Bloods uh, finished eighth. And, of course, the Southern Football Div 2, uh, which tonight's been the show about Chelsea Lights, have finished on top this year. A great effort. I think Keysborough might have finished third from memory. Dovedon was second. Another um, arch enemy. Uh, Mornington Peninsula Football League Div 1. Uh, Frankston YC lead that, uh, finishing first. Uh, Bonnie had a great season, finishing third. And next week's show could be EDS. And no wonder no one wants to answer your call because they are in the relegation uh, stage at the moment. And then M, the Morning Peninsula uh, Div 2, uh, Lang Warren finished on top. Um, young... Um, Molly. Young Molly plays there. Yeah. Jimmy. Jimmy Apes. Boy Matthew's plays there. son plays there, I think. 
No, we yes. Technically, technically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Karingle. I, I don't do research. Karingle finished second. Uh, Chelsea finished sixth. And Seaford finished eighth. And I won't leave out the Aminers because Park Don moved to the Aminers some years ago. Parky finished sixth. And I believe Mentone, some bees might have been. In one of those divisions and as well, but I'm not co- sure how they went this year. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, first division Southern, yeah. Cheltenham division on top. Cheltenham. Oh, and the ones, yeah, they I think did. they, did, they which did, which is good. And look, and I'm not. I don't like Cheltenham. You know what I mean? But <laughs> then again, I don't like Morty Alec yep. or any other team that's not Chelsea Heights. <laughs> but good luck to them. It's good to see them up there. They've been really battling with it. Some good scraps from them over the years, and they're up against some. Really good, high-quality team. Yeah. So, for them Amazing. to finish on um, top of the ladder, obviously, um, something's gone with, wrong with my alcohol intake and I'm actually barracking for Cheltenham somewhere. But, uh, yeah, good but luck. You are drinking water. Yeah, I know. There's something wrong with that. <laughs> so, good luck to Cheltenham this year in, in Division 1. Yeah. yeah. Very much so. Very much so. And, um, you yeah, know, with, with the AFL... Uh, season uh, concluding this weekend. You know, a couple of ripping games this weekend with Carlton and Collingwood. If you can catch that on Sunday afternoon, another ripping game on Friday night, um, where Brisbane take on Melbourne. So there's a couple of um, finals. Who do you think will win that? Because Brisbane and Melbourne, right? Whoever loses goes to the fifth position. Yep. So the, where the they playing for? It's in, in, it is in Brisbane. In Brisbane, oh, they so might it's a big game. You know, I don't care. I know you don't. Oh, of course I, I, not. You're I, looking at injuries. I, I just, You're just saying, go on, give me some I, injuries. They just want to be cold. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Let's face it, it was out of bounds. Okay, arms. Let's not <laughs> yeah, forget. It You're was a cheat. Out of it always has been. But look, I've gotten over that. Uh, Melbourne for me, amazing backline with, you know, their, their backline is amazing. I just think. Uh, Danaher sort of goes missing in the big games and he sort of can't handle those. Old duck no dinner. Yeah, yeah. You, can't, you can't handle those number one um, sort of backmen. Backmen, so that's true. In the top eight teams. So I, I, I think Melbourne will, will get up there. I think Melbourne will finish in the top four. I think Melbourne will have another good run in it. Um, Where so, are the Tigers? Oh, I hate to be playing the Tigers. No one wants I to play the Tigers. I had a sneaky look at the draw and it, they could be playing Freo in round one. I'm thinking, oh, poor At Freo, though. Yeah, but doesn't matter. No, Freo needs to touch up. Tigers will, uh, I think they'll do some damage in the finals. I, they can't win it. I think it's too hard to win outside the top four. No, you had Western Bulldogs that did it. Yeah. That I was just, only six years ago. No, no, I know. I just can't see anyone outside the sort of top four. Pies? Pies. Uh, you don't have to be nice. I, I'm, I'm, I'm still a non-believer. But um, look, <laughs> Greg, they've, Greg, had, they've Greg. had an amazing season. That Unfortunately, it's a, it's a, I don't know, it's a psychological thing where you, it's kind of like you need to have a loss. And I think... We had yeah. one last week. Yeah, I had one last week. <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> hey. I know. I, I just think Grant was saying to me one, one year off. Grant was saying to me he wants them out straight sets. Oh, and I was that. like, and I was like, oh, that's well, he's not me. Robinson Caruso, is he? You know what I mean? No, I already uh, got. I've uh, already got Plan B. I've already excuses. <laughs> it's the loss we had to this. It'll put us in good stead for next year. What do we want? <laughs> well, seventeenth last year. What do you want from us? You know what I mean? And I start getting the nasty bits. So. I'm just looking at the census, and it's actually eighty percent of the population wants them. One amount in it. Well, it's trade sets. Surprise, yeah. surprise. I must admit, I the other twenty percent of Collingwood's boys can't read or write properly. So. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I reckon the I reckon the West Coast Eagles could uh, do a you know could come up and win. 
Not this week. Well, they beat Collingwood in the grand final. Oh, so oh, I think they'll turn up their resi side down at Geelong. I think, oh, think oh, most of them won't even get on the flight. They, they beat Collingwood too, the resi side. <laughs> yeah, they did too. They only had what? One win? Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. The, the Swans seem to be the interesting sort of team at the moment. I think it's. I reckon anyone could win it. Yeah, I, yeah so you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's just it's not it's a that, different type it's of not football. that set in stone. It's not that you can't go, well, they'll th- this reason for that reason or whatever. It's um yeah, it's to be to be seen, I suppose. Well, personally I think Geelong will win because they're the greatest team of all. It says it in their theme song. <laughs> yeah, and I don't yeah, think yeah. anyone else. You know, they're shy, yeah. <laughs> and you being so humble, you're just happy for the win. <laughs> just happy. Uh, all right. If no one's ringing in, no one's calling. We're in. just standing here wasting people's time, speaking rubbish. Yeah, we'll uh, wrap it up in a second. Um, oh, this is, I guess, our first show, and like I said, if anyone's uh, can send us through any any local football legends that they want to nominate, they can do that. Um, just email that email that through. That's that's if um anyone's listening. That's right. <laughs> is listening. anyone listening? Hello, hello. It'd be nice to, uh, yeah. to hear from someone. It's info at org. so send through your nomination. Uh, put your own details on there or the local legend we'd like to speak to. Any businesses out there that need a plug in the local community you'd like us to talk about? Um, we know Hogs is mowing service. Give, uh, give Hogs a call. Hogan Culture? Is it Hogan Culture? Hogan Culture. Hogan Culture, give him a call. What was Jamie Bell's uh, business? Property One. Property One. Property, Property One. one real James estate. Bell. Give James a call. He's a, he's a local... Uh, Real estate at Chelsea Heights is. Um, I'm just trying to think of a few others around. Jackson Fry, he's a painter. Yeah, Jackson, Jackson Fry. He's a local uh, Jesse Odell, Odell, electrician. electrician. Um, Bricklayer. Uh, we've got some brickies down there, I know. Um, have we? Is it JD? We have. Geez, I don't. That's an old. Rip, rip. No. Rip's a. Uh, oh, Bricky, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Rip. Yep. Yeah, so Rip's uh, the bricklayers down there. Um, Josh Bull, if you're looking for anything for uh, your house, MP recycles and, and, and recycle stuff for your house. Get so your he's also in. looking for some workers to clean bricks. Clean bricks, yeah. Pay pay you on the day for the day for the day, and you get to hang out with with a great calm, <laughs> with a great calm, <laughs> with a great calm, a great man. And he can tell you all about the canteen. Um, he can tell you all about a lot of stories, a lot of stories we won't be allowed to say on here. <laughs> okay. Well, that's pretty much a wrap. So thanks again to Josh Bull for um, the chat today. And uh, Peter Oakes, uh, amazing story, an amazing chat. And um, thanks to his daughter Sue to get yeah, his more organised too behind the scenes. And yeah, unfortunately we had to cancel last week, and Sue said it's cost her two dinners, so she's not happy about that. So she's had to cook two 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 oh, rice for, I, for his dad. I would, I couldn't live myself if I give the great man <laughs> a cold and he got sick. I tell you what, how's this? We've got to wrap up. We've got a call coming. We've got a call. In. Well, okay, on, we've got one. We've got one. Just David Lee's on Dave, the call. Dave, okay, nice. No F words, David. Hello, Todd. G'day, Dave. How are you going now? You're not allowed to say the F word. Hello, David. Yeah, how are you going? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening? Uh, I'm watching a good show on Netflix and I've had a, a bit of few reds. I'm laughing. I'm, I'm in a good mood. Work day shift. Oh, you how take... are you, boys? No, we're good. going good. We're waiting for your call, but I don't know if you're working or not. Yeah, I, I, well, I shift changes, but yeah, I'm on day shift now. Yeah. Cool. So, have you? Did you listen to the show tonight? No, buddy. Um, <laughs> technically, I'm uh, I'm a dinosaur. Right. So, no, the answer is no. So, okay, fair enough. Um, well, thanks for ringing us in. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks for the feedback on a show you didn't listen to, even going? though you want to be best I hope friends. It was wonderful. No, it was terrific. I bet it was. We just wanted some out, outside input, but thanks for supporting you, mate. I'm sorry, bud. 
Well, yeah, well, outside influence, uh, what I'm hearing, uh, you're having a good time and, uh, and keep doing it. Mate, Simple as that. And what, what I'm hearing is you're having a good time too, so that's all that matters. Yeah, I've had a couple. Well, you, you're, you're our first radio caller, caller in, in a row, whatever. So. Do you, have a, you have a question for us? Or yeah, anything? Or you want to talk about yeah. the sites? Or yeah, I don't even or? know what I'm fucking talking about. Hey! 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 <laughs> on you, on there you go, go the hardest. Hardy, hardy, hardy. <laughs> Magnificent, Dave. Now, you want to talk about the Saints or anything? How's your Saints going to go? Uh, say what again? How's your Saints going to go? Saints? Yep. Well, they're schizophrenic, mate. They can win by 50 or lose by 50. You know what I mean? Absolutely true. And uh, what, oh, mate, what, they, what changes do they make? The answer is, I, I, I don't know... Uh, He's a young kid. He cops shit, but hey, he's twenty-one years old. One day when he learns what he's doing, well, you might all be talking about him in a different way. You know what I mean? You talking about Kingy? Fuck yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's well, not? He's, he's mate. Yeah. His kicker styles are horrendous. He, but gonna, when, when he when he gets the, when he when the penny drops, look out. I reckon we've got another plugger coming. Look out. He's got plenty of potential. That's for sure. Oh, so he'll be in the draft soon. <laughs> Off to the swans. Yeah, yeah off to the swans. <laughs> anyway, boys, I'm going. Right, Take it easy. <laughs> thanks, thanks for not tuning in, Dave, and uh, we'd appreciate if you did tune in next week. <laughs> yeah. It's called, called a radio. You still got one of them in your house? Yeah. Because you're uh, a dinosaur? Yeah, gramophone. Yeah, and anyway, everyone get down to the uh, RSL tomorrow night. Uh, oh, you I'm, probably said that in the show, did you? No, nah, we didn't, but I'll meet you there. Yeah, weak. Oh, sorry. I didn't say that, did I? No, it I, could. I was pretty clever. Well, no, it's okay, Dave, because it's probably our last show now. We'll probably get banned right, now. The only people to get you. banned from Radio Caram. <laughs> Thanks, mate. See you, Dave. Cheers, Dave. Bye. Bye. <laughs> oh, that's hey, Dave. You asked me to text me in. Oh, that is oh, hilarious. funny. All right, that's a wrap. We're... Switch it over. We're, well, uh, thanks for joining us, and um, wait, hopefully, wait. hopefully we're back. We might be back next Wednesday. Wait, we don't contain, condone swearing, not on the air anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you for the evening, and um, good night from us. Welcome to Local Football Legends.